podcast, The Alchemy of Transforming Trauma. We're going to talk about fear today. It's one of my favorite subjects, um, and it's something that I experience a lot in my day-to-day life. Most of it, not very real fear. I mean, if the fear is real, but the, the reasons for fear aren't. And then we're also going to talk about the role that fear plays and for me, the fact that fear can only exist in the future, it can't actually exist in the present. That's a massively brief summary of what we might talk about. <laughs> but before we do, how are you, uh, Sammy? Do you know what? I'm actually feeling a heck of a lot better. Good. I'm sort of realising I've been through a real, I don't know, I've just been through such a, uh, a oh, I've been through a wash cycle I think been on I haven't been on eco wash I think I've been on a, a fast tumble dry there's just been so much going on like different things happening in my life and a lot of I've, I mentioned it the last couple of weeks a lot of downloads coming in a lot of information coming in which at times has created a lot of fear actually when I think back and reflect on it now and I feel like I've transitioned through that fear state into now I'm actually feeling really quite excited about the future and about things that are happening and seeing them reframing them with a new perspective as um, more information comes in and um, seeing what I can do to transmute my fears I guess it's the the theme of our podcast how do we the alchemy of transforming trauma because for me like um, a fear response is a trauma response ultimately it's it's our body alerting us to, to the fact that something either isn't in alignment or you know our thought processes uh, but also sometimes that fear is valid <laughs> it's giving us some pretty useful guidance as well as um, something which might be a bit more illusory if that's the right word oh oh it's a nice word a, quizzic- a quizzical face there or no, a- it's not a quizzical it's oh. like a, it's almost a word porn face <laughs> that's like ooh, that's a good word yeah because we just did um we always read uh, we always pull a card out before we before we do our our, our podcast session and uh, we just pulled out this rather interesting goat looking at his reflection in the water or looking at her reflection in the water we don't big know. horns it's a, I would say oh, it's a he oh it is a he okay it's a he is a he goat and he's looking at his reflection and um yeah t- t- say more about the card dude because you've got it right there with you it was, it was um, designed and done by a friend, somebody that I know, and she's done this beautiful artwork. And there is, if the card is officially the right way up, which means that the back is the right way up, then the, the black goat with thorns around him is looking downwards into the water and the white, whiter goat, the lighter goat with a lighter sign is, look, is the reflection. But the writing, unlike most of the other cards, the writing is both ways up. So you can turn it so that the light is on top and looking down at the dark, which is the more traditional way. I just find it really interesting. To me, that means that the the way that we're often living in the illusion of fear and difficulty with thorns around us, but actually the reality, if there is such a thing, is a lot clearer and a lot simpler and a lot lighter. Yeah, and, and I really love this. I've been um, watching this, um, I've been coming across a called Stacey. She's got a Telegram channel called Stacey's Rocks. I can't remember the whole title of it, but she talks about, um, she talks a lot about the system that we're living in at the moment, the sort of the, the commercial banking, the, the bills that we pay, the, the, the council tax. Sorry, we've got a bit of dog action going on there. <laughs> Nothing I can do about that. We could pause it, but you might as well just listen to them bark. This has been happening all fucking day. <laughs> 
Well, she talks about um, about how actually about how fraudulent our system is. Um, some people may or may not disagree with that, but I've been learning about common law at the moment, and because I feel like it's really important right now for someone who has chosen not to be a vaccinated person and you know wants to kind of still exist in the reality that we we live in on some level or maybe I don't actually um you know that the difficulties are going to start to arise because um you know they're going to bring in this passport soon but do they have a passport in Ireland a vaccine they don't have passport. a passport they've just restricted things more so that you I went to the cinema last night because it was the last at, at midnight last night um, you you now need to show proof of vaccination to get into a cinema, which you hadn't until then. Yeah. So I went last night because it's the only time I can go unless I choose to get vaccinated and I can't see that happening right now. Yeah. And so there's this, you know, the, 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 these measures are going to start to come in and I want to really be able to articulate and express from a place of absolute truth and law, actually, what my and unalienable rights are. So I'm educating myself about common law and sort of really starting to understand that a lot of the things that we are fearful of, as in the authority that exists within our system, is an illusion. It's not even real. We give it our consent and we give it its power through our consent and our belief in it. But actually, when you really dig into it, a lot of it is fiction. And so it's like, what's common law and what's statutory law? So I'm really educating about myself about all of this stuff. And this woman, Stacey, she's absolutely phenomenal. We'll put a link to her um, to her Telegram channel underneath it. But she she was doing this whole thing about this is all an illusion. It's all a fiction. And actually, when you start to, to see it for what it is, there's nothing to be frightened of. Um, she, she, she gave us um, a link to an Alan Watts video called Don't Be Afraid. It's all a show. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. it's wonderful it's wonderful I mean I love a bit of Alan Watts anyway but it's true a lot of what we give our power to a lot of and this kind of ties in with narcissism as well it's like we believe on some level if we are engaged in this you know maybe a narcissistic entanglement with an individual but it's the same with the system that this other person or this other system has a, has a power over us we are sovereign beings the only thing that we really have any power over is ourselves and no one can take anything from you without your consent and without your agreement obviously sometimes we're tricked into that without realizing it but when you are always tuning into yourself and following your own source connection nothing nothing can touch you not as an adult anyway and so it's, um, wow. yeah, so I'm feeling quite excited right now as I'm having these realizations and I've had to go through the fear of feeling a lot of the pressure of what's happening in our world right now and seeing it. And then also going, what an amazing time to be alive. Like what an incredible time to be alive. Everything is changing. Everything is being reset and good because the system that we live in is fucked. It's not a healthy system. It, it's not it's so toxic. We are putting, we're so dependent on this thing to keep us, you know, we don't know how to grow our own food. Most of us, some of us do, but you know, we're not taught how to fully look after ourselves and be in our own power. And actually, ah, oh, I, I, I'm having my mind blown at the moment and I'm so excited about the future. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. Glad <laughs> to hear it. It's funny you should be talking about illusion already. I went to the cinema, like I said, last night yeah. because it's the last chance I'm going to get for the moment because because it's winter probably new restrictions have come in um and because numbers are going up blah 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 whatever <laughs> it sounds very very dismissive we might have to cut it out <laughs> um and i saw the father and the father is anthony hopkins olivia coleman is it's i think it's an oscar winner i don't know but it bloody well should be 
Um, and it's the story of a man, the father with dementia and his daughter looking after him. And it's really, really interesting. It brings up the idea of illusion and the idea that if I experience the world in a certain way and I have the related emotional responses to what I believe is happening in the world, then I'm gonna be in pain and fear if, if my, my perception of it is, for example, he's obsessed with somebody having stolen his watch. And he's never, they've never stolen his watch. He's just put it somewhere. But he's in a state of fear because his reality is, is, is unstable because that's the thing with dementia. Your reality isn't, it doesn't just flip and you're then, for most people anyway, it doesn't just flip and you're then in a child state. You're in a kind of very lucid state and then you're in a very lucid state, but it's, it's interacting with a reality that nobody else is experiencing. And then you might be in a, in a child state and then you might, you know, it, it's not straightforward. So it's incredibly unstable. Mm. So of course you're going to be in a fear state because you literally can't believe your, yourself and you can't, or you, if you can, if you do believe yourself, then everybody's out to get you, you know, potentially. So it really, I had a, a, like a little epiphany in the middle of it. And I was like, fuck, I am doing this a lot. I'm living we're all doing it. We all have yeah. the reality that we live in. And we have emotional responses to that reality. And unless we question it, then we believe that that's the truth. And we and and so I want to question it a lot more than I do. I want to get into the habit of questioning it. And I know we did Byron, Byron Katie last time, but it, it's kind of, is that really true? Is yeah. that the reality you want to live in? Yeah. Is that, and, and you know, while we're talking about illusion and, and fear, a result, a very common result of childhood trauma is hypervigilance. And it's related to not having had any control over situations. Yeah, not having been able to have any control over the situation that you experienced as a child. And so trying to have to control over other things and trying to be vigilant so that you can react defensively when you need to and it's all about that I was thinking about it the other day and thinking if you were on a plane that felt like it was crashing and you felt that sitting in your seat and doing what you were told might help then you would do that it would do fuck all it's easier to do that than it is to believe that the pilots are completely incapacitated and can't help you and that's what childhood trauma is your pilots are incapacitated and they can't help you anyway hypervigilance that's what that is basically for me and I have it all the time and it's okay I, I hate that word in a way I feel like oh god it's another condition to have but what my what it means is if I for example walk on the beach out in front of me now I'm staying at somebody's house a beautiful beach if I walk on that beach in my head is a constant dialogue saying, you shouldn't be here. Somebody's gonna turn up and tell you you shouldn't be here. You knew that you shouldn't be here. You're doing this wrong. If I let the dog off the lead and I can't see her, I think, well, you know, she gets run over, you know, she'll probably get run over and it'll be your fault. And, and, and you need to be careful because there's rocks over there and they're slippery and she'd probably break her ankle. So if she breaks her fucking ankle, she breaks her ankle and we deal with it. But while I believe those thoughts, or if, I, if I'm doing anything, if I'm baking a fucking cake, I'll be thinking somebody else would bake this cake better. You should, probably should have done this. You should have done, 
and it takes away the joy of everything Gosh, and it's yeah. all about fear it sounds exhausting it is exhausting that's the perfect <laughs> word for it and in a way it's more exhausting when I do notice it because I kind of oh god I'm doing that thing again and and the rest of the time I I often don't notice that I'm doing it and when I don't notice and I'm do, that I'm doing it it's like it's like having chronic fatigue because you don't know why you're kind of on edge yeah but I don't want to say hey I have hypervigilance I just I'm saying I'm becoming more and more aware of how I'm operating and and I don't like that illusion I don't like it but speaking but but I suppose when you start to become aware of something, that's when the pattern changes, isn't it? And you have to go through that cycle of it coming into your awareness so that you can then deal with the underlying trauma or belief that's that's underneath it. Yeah. And so you're, it sounds like, from my very uh, humble perception, that, that you're in just that transitional stage of something just becoming very much in your awareness of a pattern that you have. And that from there, you can actually try and, transmute it in some way yeah and I hope so and I think so and I'm doing I'm doing that work at the moment and it, of course yeah it is it's not rewarding work it's not <laughs> there are moments where you where I can feel the reward but it's a bit like a long very slow trudge up a hill or down a hill maybe but it feels like work and then mm. it later I'll, I'll notice how much different it has become I think mm. I, I wanted to pick up on something you said about the illusion of what we're where we're living and how we're living yeah and one of the things that is a, is a bone of contention I think between a lot of people that I know and love and myself which is you need to inform yourself you need to watch the news you need to listen to the news mm. and all right yahoo.com is not the best place to listen to news but I I still have a kind of latent yahoo account that has a couple of um um no it has a couple of accounts associated to it which is the only reason I visit it is because if I've had to reset a password I it might go to that and then I systematically changing it to a different email address but I find myself looking at their news channel Mm -hmm. and honestly it's this elderly person raped in their home and that man did this to his wife and this wife planned that person's murder for it's, I mean, I'm sure these things are happening in the world. They may be happening, but fuck me if it isn't the most depressing and fear-ridden thing. Well, of course, but that's the point of it. With all, you know, I'm going to be quite open in this in this episode. And this thing is, I've been afraid of speaking my truth about what I think and I see is happening in the world right now because, because you know, if you hold certain opinions right now, you are um, seen as some kind of conspiracy theory lunatic um anti-vaxxer far right you know person and and actually i'm afraid to speak my truth i am gonna cut through my fear today and i'm gonna say what i really think the news is a propaganda machine that is designed to keep us in a fear state because when people are frightened and when people are confused they are so much more easy to control and manipulate and that is what our news is and i haven't watched the news for well, I haven't watched it for years, but I specifically have not watched any of the stuff that is going on at the moment because I prefer to take my opinion of what is happening based on my actual life experience rather than what an an external force is telling me is happening and then telling me how I need to respond to it. I just, I've switched off from this a long time ago. And the more I look into it and the more I research and study and learn for myself, the more I see that 
that tell live vision is exactly that it's there mm. as a as a as a as a tool and our phones and social media and everything is all controlled from the same from the same um from the same place you know like I've, I've been doing my research into what funds everything and the same two companies are at the are at the top of absolutely every single industry that you could possibly think of vanguard and blackrock and they are basically monopolizing everything so you're not we're really not getting unbiased you know there is a narrative that is being created and um i yeah i i'm i'm saying it out loud i don't buy this shit and i'm not going along with it and i am not afraid see i think of us now as a true believer and a bit of an agnostic because i can't it's a bit an agnostic believes that there's something but can't put their finger on exactly what i can't know what the thing is that isn't kosher about about the news and i mean i can't i can't know with the solid solidity that you know that it's these two companies and that they're manipulating yeah they're manipulating and monopolizing i can't know that i i can definitely accept it as a as a thing that might be true what i can know is my response and 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 i and my o level fucking english where you read george orwell in 1984 and he was very articulate george orwell and he talked very much about exactly that all the way back in 1948 and aldous huxley brave new world i mean these are not these are not new ideas and these actually aren't new ideas. um i would say that you know i've got this information from looking at actually who owns the shares and it's it's kind of all this information is out there if people are willing to go and look at it and do the research it's it's not a secret it's not hidden and that's the thing it's all kind of hidden within plain sight but you have so, to go and look for it my question then is how do we live well how do you live well how do i live well in a world where that is true do i focus on that being true do i no. do i fo- what do i focus on then? no you focus on living your best life you recognize what's going on, you see it, and then you stop giving it your attention and you stop feeding it your energy. It's like a narcissistic dynamic. I wanted to do a whole episode on, on this, but it's kind of, I haven't had the, the brain space to kind of put together something really efficient and um, and that I know is, is my best version of how to express this. So perhaps this is just a little taster of, 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 of how I see this, but it's um, when you recognize that it's, it's similar to being a coercive or a narcissistic entanglement with somebody you see the gifts in that for you which is it's always bringing you back to your own sovereignty and recognizing your own autonomy over your own life and then you withdraw your energy from it you stop feeding it your energy you neither accept nor reject it you don't judge it you see it for what it is and then you put your energy somewhere completely different and you set about building your own incredible amazing life and that's it that doesn't need that external system to support you where you're not dependent on it. Like you might become dependent on, um, in a codependent relationship. It's the same dynamic and it's the same, it's the same tactic. It doesn't have to mean that something bad is happening. It's happening. It's all going on. And it has been for thousands of years. It's no different. It's just kind of coming to a head. But right now what it's doing as it all comes out of the shadow is it's just waking up humanity to its own sovereignty and making us realize just how bloody powerful we are. We don't need all this stuff. Like we don't need all these material things for our happiness. We, we've been taught to seek everything from the outside in, you know, our authority about our health, how we look after ourselves, how we educate ourselves, what's important to us, what we put our values on, all this material stuff is bollocks. None of it is real. 
real true happiness and you can have nothing and be the most free and happy person in the world like this is just waking up humanity to its sovereignty and it's actually so fucking exciting i'm literally buzzing off it mm-hmm. that is exciting yeah yeah i'm not frightened of this stuff it's actually yeah it's it's an incredible time to be alive as i keep saying let's live our lives let's live our best lives and let's be happy and joyful and that's why I'm so grateful for the job that I have at the moment. I'm in a comedy. I'm in a really uplifting piece of theatre in the West End. And every night I look out into the audience and our audience is the kind of audience that probably wouldn't normally go to the theatre. Um, you know, it's a, they're a rowdy bunch, love them to bits. It's, it's, it's just wonderful to see all these people out there. You know, you can see people crying because they are, it's a nostalgic piece. It's reminding them of their families and their childhoods and it's raising the roof. Like the, the vibration and the energy at the end of it is just off the scale. And I am so lucky and grateful that I get to feed into that dynamic every night. You know, I get to give, but I get so much back in return. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I've been to see it and it, I can absolutely... Um... I mean, I told you at the time, didn't I? I said, I'm really excited to see you in this, but I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to like it. I said. <laughs> like, oh, look at, look at the fear. I'm not sure I'm going to like it. No. And then I was fucking amazing. It was really good. It is really, really joyful. Really, truly moving and joyful. It's brilliant. Um, where, are we allowed to say what it is? Or yeah, you know? why not? Yeah, yeah. Only really- Fools and Horses, the musical. It's a <laughs> joyful, joyful thing. And you're talking to a, a skeptic who never particularly liked the show. And I went to see it and it was, I was just, yeah, it was marvellous, I think is the word. It, is, it, it was is truly marvellous. It is marvellous. It's like, it's, and it's so important right now. It just feels so important right now to be having this kind of um, live experience that people can come to and just really, it's this great escapism, but it's also really deep. It's, it's deep. You it wouldn't deep. think it. It's deep. You know, it's about relationship. It's about family. It's about connection or not connection. It's about some, you know, two of the characters, they're, they're frightened to be themselves. You know, Raquel pretends that she's someone that she isn't. Dell is definitely pretending that he's somebody he isn't, especially when he, because the, the basis of the, of, the, um, of the episode is, not the episode, the basis of the show is based on the episode of Dates where Dell meets Raquel and he's pretending to be like a, a hotshot theatrical agent. And she's pretending that she's not a stripper, basically. And neither of them can show up as they truly are because I guess they're frightened that who they really are is not enough. And so that's the basis of the of the um, of the of the theatre show. And oh, it's deep, but it's so it light as well. And it's oh, it's making grown men cry. I love it. You come out oh, at the end and you, that's you sit my at the same thing. You see, you know, these great big geezers, you know, we're working class geezers come from all over the country and, and women as well. And they're just, they're, they are blown away by it. And they're, oh, yeah. There's a lot of love in it, I thought. That's what, yes. there's like masses of heart in that show. It was really, really good. So maybe that's the tonic. And maybe that how is. does that translate then into day-to-day fear? So one one option about fear, I think about fear an awful lot and write about it a lot. One option about fear is that the things in your life that you're afraid of doing, mm-hmm. that kind of fear, that's a good pointer that that's the way to go. Yes. And if you run towards fear with your arms open, you know, you're, you're going to find something. It's, it's the old classic of when you're being chased by a monster, turn around. 
and look at it. Look at it, embrace it. Just say, come on then, motherfucker. <laughs> Have me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm really reminded of is Eddie Childers' lyric. It's, so, it's okay to be afraid. Look at your fear and see what it's made of. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, you were in the flow there. I... Um, turn around and look at it. Yeah, you turn around and look at it. You turn around and embrace it. But if it's if it's like I'm afraid, I mean, I've had a lifetime of it. I'm afraid to try to be an actor because I'm going to be mocked because I'm not good enough to do that. And so I haven't really tried, honestly. I haven't ever really tried because the fear has been too big. And I can justify it away, but I still haven't tried. <laughs> still haven't really tried. Well, Jude, you're in a film at the moment that's doing rather well. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. I mean, that's nice. That's nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, as are you. Um, yes, I know. Should we, should we talk about that? We're in, we're in a film um, called Iniquity, which is on. It's a short film, and it's it's doing very well in some film festivals at the moment. And do you, we've won some awards, have we? Yeah, we have. We won best ensemble acting. <laughs> yes, it's um, one of the. I can't remember which film festival it was, but yeah, no, it, it's 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 doing really well. And that's a film about fear as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. When, that will be released once it's finished the rounds of the festivals, will it? Yeah, so I would imagine that will come out next year. I will post it on everything when it yeah. does get released because it is really good, actually. It's, got it's some fantastic. I do say so myself. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard Crean, who plays, um, I play, I play his mom. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a very incidental character, but this central character has, as a young, as a young sort of delinquent young man, has inadvertent well not inadvertently through through a campaign of harassment through a woman in the community and this is based on a real story that happened uh, about 20 years ago there was um, a woman living in a in a town up north she had a disabled um, disabled daughter and after a campaign of consistent harassment from the sort of youths in the area she very sadly took her own life and the life of a daughter as well as a and so a, a film was made about that called this is vanity and so Iniquity, the, the film that Jude and I were in together, was 10 years on from that, from that experience. What's happened to the young man who was the sort of main antagonist of this family? And, and, and how is his conscience and does he have remorse and how is it affecting his life 10 years on? And yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's a good piece. It is. It's a really strong piece. Um, we we get to see it because we were in it, but it, it's well worth a look. I'll put the uh, the link to this is vanity in the in the footer, and yeah. then um, when it when the other part gets released, we'll put that in. Yeah. Too. Be warned, it's it's a harrowing watch, but it's it's a good it's a good little short. Yeah. So fear. Fear. What about other kinds of fear then? Um. Okay, Byron Katie would say. You can't be present when you're experiencing fear. When you're experiencing fear, you're always projecting into the future about what will happen and responding to the projected future. So if I'm afraid, so this morning, let's give you a very simple example, which is probably embarrassing. I'm staying in this big house. <clears throat> Dogs woke me up at six o'clock in the morning, wanting to go out. So I got up and I went downstairs and there was quite a lot of moonlight, I remember. Went downstairs, switched the light on, let the dogs out, got them back in. Heard a bump upstairs. Now it's a big house. Heard a bump upstairs. Looked up and saw that the light was off. Now I remembered the light on. 
So in my head, this is perfect house for horror tropes. It really is. In my head, I'm alone. There is nobody, you know, even if anybody heard me, if anything happened, people could hear me from across the water, but nobody would be able to help me in my fear head. There's somebody upstairs. It's dark. I'm downstairs with three dogs. What do I do? Do I get in the car? Do I take the dogs? Do I run? Do I... Honestly, I'm sat there and I, I was about to walk upstairs and I looked up and I was like, fuck. And so I went and sat downstairs. Not going to save me, is it? If there's an axe murderer in the attic. So I went downstairs and I sat for a bit. And then I just really slowly got to the reasoning of when I came out of the room, there was moonlight. And I remember in the kitchen turning the light on and going, oh, God, that's bright. So I can't have turned the light on upstairs. I remember the light on upstairs because the light was on upstairs yesterday when I went to bed, when it was dark, but it's not, it wasn't on this morning. I still had fear when I went up the stairs, but I went up the stairs and I was sitting at the table and I was thinking the thing to do if is just to go upstairs. And if there is somebody hiding in the bedroom, then you will meet them. <laughs> but actually I knew as I was having this whole process, which was causing physiological changes in my body, I was having all this process knowing that it was illusion. And especially having seen that film last night, just going, well, this is an example of living in fear and living in illusion. Gosh. I don't know where I'm going with that, but maybe but, just but, that there isn't just, a fear that you can't walk towards. There isn't a fear that you can't walk towards because what's happening in this moment Apart from the fear, if you take the fear, take the projecting into the future and the fear away, what's actually happening in this moment? I'm sitting at a very luxurious table, enjoying a cup of Lapsang tea because I'm a middle class <laughs> fucker. It's from Waitrose, just so you know. I've got three dogs who would be losing their shit if there was a person in the house, basically. I'm sat there, I'm having a nice time, my ass is on a comfortable chair. I've had a nice sleep in a comfortable bed and I've sat there shitting myself for imaginary yeah. things. I mean, just because that is a silly example, the fear was just as real as the fear of, let's say, being taken for a ride by a narcissist or the fear of putting out a, an audition and, and people... You know, just I could think about, you know, if I put out an audition tape and people just sat there and held their sides and went, <laughs> what does she think? You know, like all the X Factor tries to show. That I'd have been doing somebody a favour that I've had a good laugh at my, you know, thanks to me. Maybe that would be a good thing. Maybe it's not a reason not That's, to. I mean, it's our perception. It's how we how we can reframe something. You know, it's like that thing of like being afraid of narcissists. Like I'm actually coming to a place in my life now where... Um, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly afraid of any narcissists. I mean, I actually always recognize that if something is coming up in me, a trauma response, my whole ethos is, is like, that's an opportunity to heal a trauma that has just been made conscious for you. If you can put your attention into it and discover where it, what the deep thing underneath it is. Because as we say, no one has any power over you at all. It's, that's an illusionary thought. That's unless you're a child and you are in a, a situation, of course, in that situation, that's true. But when you're an adult, once you become an adult, 
that's not true unless you're being actually held and restrained you know that's that's something different but most of the time we're dealing with situations and it's 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 our idea about the situation that is creating fear not the actual situation itself yep and 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 then of course in my head I've got Nelson Mandela and I've got people who are nowhere near as famous as Nelson Mandela sitting in jails and being forced to do things but you could go all the way back to um if this is a man I think it's called mm-hmm. Primo Levi what's that I don't know what that is it's it's a book by Primo Levi who was a, a holocaust survivor right and the first half of it is a description of that time and his observations on how who survived and how he could tell when somebody was about to die and he said it wasn't to do with their physical health because the people who survived were just as skinny as the people who died. It was when they started to believe that their outside circumstances were um, related to their sense of self. And I would say that's most people, isn't it? That's most people. But he was saying when they were when he was there, he, he would play mind games like he would imagine himself putting his key in his front door and opening the door and going in and finding his wife there and holding her and, and having the kind of time that was worth being alive for. Now his wife was already dead and he probably knew that in his subconscious, but to keep himself alive, he did that. And when people called him scum, he knew that that was a person calling him scum, not that he was scum and they'd noticed, you know, like, yeah. Uh, the second half of the book is a, is, a, is a kind of philosophy of how to put this into practice, which lands less well for me, which, which is interesting. I'll put, I'll make sure I've got the title right, which is quite a huge possibility that I haven't. But I think it's called that, and I'll put it in the in the footer. And if you haven't read it or listened to it, I would say it's an incredible, incredible read. Really, is it is. a bit like um, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning? I think that is Victor Frankl, Man's Search. Search for Meaning. That is the book I'm describing. You're ah, right. Okay. And then if this is a man, is Primo, Primo Levi's account of his time there. And so I think the door in the key was Primo, Primo Levi, but I think you're right. If this is a uh, man's search for meaning is Victor Frankl. And that's yes. the book I'm talking about. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's okay. It, when you were describing it, I was thinking, oh, that sounds like man's search for meaning. Yeah, you're right. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> I, could t- I could tell that I got something wrong there. Yeah, good. Mm. Uh, something that came through to me yesterday I don't know if this is related but it suddenly just popped into my head because you were mentioning the word if and of course if is the is the kind of the crux of it isn't it because it's like if this happens da 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 and if that happens there's a really amazing poem called if by Rudyard Kipling can I read it out have you got it there I've got it right here because I was sent it yesterday by somebody, which is why it's just suddenly very present. So I've got it right here. I don't know if it's relevant to what we're talking about, but I would say for you, quite it's quite long, but I shall read it as I'll read it in my best. Um, I went to drama school. (laughs) So it's if by Rudyard Kipling, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster 
and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken and stoop and build them and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minutes with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Thank you. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. I'd never heard that until yesterday, and it just was so... What I needed to hear. Do you know, my instinct is that we should leave it there. Yeah. That was lovely. No, good. Glad that, that was, uh, yeah. Okay, well. So an unusual end to this podcast. You will notice next week we are talking to Hibbo. Hibbo Wadari. Yeah. Can yeah. you say a little a little sentence or two about Hibbo? Yes, Hibbo Dare. We're going to interview her on our, which will be our final episode of this series next week. Um, Hibbo is um, an activist. She has been um, raising awareness about FGM, female genital mutilation, which is something she experienced as a as a as a very young child um in Somalia which is where she's from she's been in the UK since she was 19 years old so probably over 30 years she's been living in the UK she came here as a refugee she lives in my local community I'm proud to to say that I actually know Hibo um we've met a number of times and she is a phenomenal example of someone who has alchemized her trauma and turned her her a horrific experience of abuse as a child into something which is serving humanity and women in particular on a really monumental level she's um, really out there campaigning and raising awareness about this and she goes into school she goes and she works with hospitals she works with um you know authorities in this country uh, but also just you know she's just a phenomenal woman and so we're very delighted that we're gonna be able to interview her and she's going to share her story and her experience and her wisdom with us next week so i'm looking forward to meeting her and yeah. i'm looking forward to catching up again with you for listening thanks so much for listening thank you bye. bye over the hill i see the fire burning as in my dream now real as we are turning so what of love the moon and stars are asking while as the fire burns bright the night is Passing.